Hey, boy. Costa. Happy New Welcome. Year. <laughs> Welcome to 2021. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Uh, so, first things first, congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so I had a kid a few weeks ago, um, little boy, and yeah, he's fantastic. Well, congratulations. I mean, I didn't, uh, yeah, obviously I didn't do much, but but yeah, now he's uh, uh, he's here and, you know, we're, we're doing everything we can for him. And yeah, it was only what, it was on a podcast back in April last year that, you know, we, I talked about dropping the knee and I've managed to have a baby since then as well. Although I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had time to get married uh, because we had guests uh, who were going to come down from Queensland and so my original wedding date got called off and we haven't rescheduled a new one yet. Oh, that's a shame. But uh, hopefully, well, hopefully you can get organized soon. Mm-hmm. Now most of the restrictions should be sort of peeling away. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I've, um, I, I, I do have a new date. I, I booked it for my brother's on the same day as my brother's birthday, just to fuck with him. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, well, here we are again, mm-hmm. back for another season of footy. I'm yep. pumped uh, to get into some Supercoach chat. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we should say probably is that in light of this excellent news, um, probably your role is going to be a little bit a little bit diminished. Yeah. For, for this season, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I might not be a week to week contributor, um, but I'll sort of pop in here and there. And um, I, I know we have I know we've got some mutual friends who, who would make some great guests um, who might fill in a little bit, um, and if not, you know. More Costa is always is always huh. better. So, so have I told you that like someone sounded me out on Twitter or Facebook or something for like a group chat that has pretty much like all the guys that do podcasts in it. Really? <laughs> yeah. How come I didn't um, get sounded out? <laughs> I don't know, maybe They couldn't find you. Um, I can I can invite you if you really want. No. No, you don't want to be invited. Anyway. So I might be able to sound some of those guys out for a for a cheeky guest guest spot. Man, there's some good podcasts going around. Like, yeah, like ours is clearly the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but but yeah, yeah, that, yeah. There's some good there's some good stuff going on. Um, the Supercoach community keeps growing and keeps getting more um, professional. It's it's not like you know just a bunch of guys. Like it used to be like five or six years ago, just a bunch of guys being like, oh, yeah, I like that guy. No, I don't like that guy. Like there's there's great analysis now. Um, and really, it's it's becoming super competitive. So Yeah, absolutely. And and there has been some really good um, data analysis in some of the, the podcasts that I've yeah. listened to in the last sort of three or four weeks. Yeah. And I'm probably going to draw on some of that data analysis uh, a little bit when we talk about various things in a minute. Um but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. So, so it's, it's really gone to another level, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, without further ado, I think we should get straight into it. Sure. Uh, for those who haven't listened before to this podcast, uh, we tend to just get straight into it. There's like not a huge amount of structure. It's just a conversation. Um, and we, as you said before, we sort of don't 
like just go through every team and every guy and say, I like this guy, I like that guy. We talk a bit more about strategy, um, maybe about particular positions and about the way that the year is shaping up. Um, so that's just a little bit of an intro to, to what we do on, on this podcast. Yep. Um, hey, so one thing I want to, want to talk about just quickly is that although last year with, you know, all the trades we had was like, it was kind of fun to be able to, you know, trade, use two trades every week, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty glad to be getting into like what I feel like is real super coach this year, getting back into it with, you know, limited amount of trades, buy rounds to work through. Yep. You know what it, I feel like it's it's kind of likened to? It's like 2020 cricket versus test match cricket. Okay. I feel like... So, last, in, so in 2020, we had the 2020 cricket season. That's right. It yeah. was like T20, um, you know, hit and giggle. Yeah. Um, good for like, good for the punters, I guess. But this is, we're back into real man super coach now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The purest yeah. form. I, I love, by, I got to say, I, I have a real soft spot for by planning. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. great. All right. All right. So, um, I mean, I guess given that it's preseason, we should talk a little bit about team structure and kind of general things that we do when putting together a, an initial team. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about this last season. Mm-hmm. What What do you sort of look for when you're putting together your team? So I usually start with um, with my cheapies. The guys I'm pretty confident will be in round one teams um, and build around that. Um, I don't put in sort of, you know, nuff, nuffy guy, guys expecting that there will be, uh, uh, you know, basement, basement price players that will show up in round one. I think that's... Uh, that's just setting setting yourself up for failure um, when team list Tuesday rolls around. So I'll start with you know your yeah you know, Spencer Lenius or Ben Murdoch Masillas or guys like that. I mean I mean you know BMM might be a bit more expensive, but but I'll start with guys like that um, to sort of start fleshing out my team, and then I will pick my two or three favorite premium guns. And then I'll sprinkle in a couple more guns around to sort of use up the rest of my salary cap space. Now, so so basically, I start cheap, then I go expensive, and then I kind of just fill in the blanks. So, I, look, I couldn't agree more. And, and what I want to say is that sometimes I hear people talk about, oh, you know, do you, uh, do you go for the, the cheap, center wing strategy or do you go for the stack the second row strategy or the this strategy or that strategy and it there's no strategy like, it just depends on the players you get exactly it's play the cards as they fall yeah. so you've just got to pick the value where it is and That's build right. your team around that and that value could be anywhere it could be in the second row it could be in this in the center wing you know you just got to pick pick the cheapies where they where the best cheapies are yep not just because there are some cheap guys, but they've actually got to be valuable cheap guys. Yep. So, like, a, a, a really good example of that this year is David Fistua. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's just a rubbish super coach player. Yep. And so just because he's cheap, I don't think you should be picking him because he's cheap. I think pick the guys that, you know, pick the real cheap guys in the, in the center wing or the, the guys that are actually going to make money. Don't just pick a guy because he happens to be cheap. 
Exactly, um, right. exactly right. So, so yeah. Now, in saying that, I think this year is uh, this year is showing up as having quite a lot of cheap players to begin the season. Um, I, definitely more than last year. Probably more than at least the last few years I can remember. So, I, I don't know how you're seeing it shape out. I don't think there's a lot of basement price guys, but I think there's a lot of sort of two hundred to three hundred thousand dollar guys that that can fill up a team, and we're going to have to start picking between some of those guys um, at some point. You know, like a yeah, is it? Do you go with right. Peter Holler or Lodge or Lemieux or you know, in the front? There's a lot. Company? There's a lot of forwards in that sort of 300 to 350k range. Absolutely, well. absolutely. A lot of kind of second rowers that look like they might get a shot, and picking between them is going to be quite tricky as well. Yeah, the second row um, you can't. You know, previous years you'd have three, maybe four guns in your second row to begin the season. You can't do that this year. No, it's looking. I think it's looking like you can really only have two. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. In order to fill out some of the, the other the other gun options. Yep. The, the thing I will say, just back to this, the cheap center wing strategy thing, is that I guess the difference between the, the real rookie center wings, the very cheap center wings and other positions, is that they do get 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if they are very, very cheap, often, you know, they'll fall over a trial or whatnot. And so, you know, it can be worth picking those guys up. But it doesn't, it's not without risk, particularly if you have to run them in your 17. So it's... you do have to be a little bit discerning when you, when you. Yeah, remember, remember Ben Hampton last year? Rubbish, yeah, like he rubbish. did just enough, right? Yeah, rubbish, rubbish. Like, well, not a great sort of real world or super coach player, but you know he was in the right position where he just fall over the line three or four times in those first six or seven weeks, and he made heaps of money. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean you fill up your team with like Jordan Carhus and Tom Opechaks. No, no, that's right. Right, yeah. or David Fusatua. So you know you have to be a little bit careful. Yep. All right. Um. And the other other thing I should mention when I'm looking at filling up my team is just, again, value, value, value. Yes. Like, there are probably two or three guys, particularly um, if they're captaincy options, like, and we'll get to Teddy later, but Mm -hmm. that I might pick that are more or less full valued. But apart from those three or four absolute premium guns, everyone else else I'm looking for value. Yeah. So, you know, just saying someone, oh, he's, you know, he averaged 60 last year and that was pretty good. Like that's not good enough. There have to be there has to be a good, fairly objective reason for them to average, you know, ten points more than what they were gonna than what they averaged last year for me to be interested in someone. That's right. That's right. And that's about my rule of thumb, to be honest. It's around about 10, 10 to fifteen points more. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Um, and yeah, just just touching back again on what you were saying, like you want to get players in your team who are super coach players. You know, yeah, the Jordan Carr, who's a great example, like can bust out twenty points in eighty minutes, like the best of them. Um, but so, like, he will never score eighty points. It doesn't matter how many tries he scores, he'll never get eighty super points in a game. Compare that to somebody like Connor Watson, that a lot of people have in their teams at the moment, price at two hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars. If he gets that starting thirteen position. I would have him in my team even if he was two hundred thousand dollars more than what he costs at the moment. Um, yeah, he's that. He's just that kind of player. He will bust out hundred point games, and it's important to be picking the Connor Watsons um, of the world over the Jordan Kahus of the world 
um, when they're sort of yeah. comparably priced. That's right. Peak good super coach players. Yeah. Guys that like accumulate points in a number of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be one of my mentors this year. And I'm going to try and go back to just picking guys that have really good kind of base stats and and pick up points, as I say, in lots of different ways. Because yep. I feel like last year too much I was relying on guys that are just very attacking based and mm-hmm. and it didn't go well for me. Um, so I'm going to try and go back to the strategy of, of base, base stats. And I guess, like, you know, in Supercoach, attacking stats over the years have gone like relatively how many points you get for them has gone up so much that it is easy to kind of get distracted by that. Mm-hmm. And you do get guys that go on runs of like amazing attacking stats. So you can't ignore it, but um, yeah, just a tried and tested strategy of really looking at base and, you know, offloads and tackle breaks, those kind of things that come yeah. on a week to week basis to yeah. me is, is, the, is the best strategy. Yeah. And I'm going to come to it a little bit later, but, but, the, th- the two things you mentioned, offloads and tackle breaks, are kind of the two um, stats that are a little bit overpowered or overvalued. Um, offloads, absolutely. So, yeah, so players that can do that is, yeah, it's what you're after. Like, you know, for example, at the moment, I've got Bailey Simonson um, in my center wing, and I started with him last year as well. And this year, he's only $205,000, so he's, he's basically free, right? But watching him last year, Bailey Simonson cannot break a tackle to save his life. Um, and even at $200,000, I'm like... Uh, Questioning it. Yeah, yeah. They have a pretty good draw. Yeah, they do have a draw. You'd be hoping he falls over the line a few times. But yeah. yeah. Just at that price. But yeah, I take it. And you wouldn't like you wouldn't really want to be playing him week to week if you can avoid it. No, no. And, you know, um, hopefully... I mean, he'll probably be play, he'll be playing left wing. Is that correct? I'm actually not sure, and and you know what? I'm actually not a hundred percent sure he's going to get the spot. Although I think he will. Right, right. Yeah. I thought Semi Valamai played pretty well at the end of last season. He's young and big, and so did I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I quite liked yeah. him. I think he's I think... just un- he's got to improve a bit under the high ball, but otherwise he's good. Yeah. So you'd think Simonson's the front runner, but I'd, I'm not sure it's a play down there that he gets the spot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so the big news this week is Tommy Turbo. Mm-hmm. Was he in your Tommy, team? Absolutely, he was. He was in my team as well. Um, however, having said that, th- so we don't know what's happening with Pappenhausen and the goal kicking. Yeah. And it, I was, you know, I was all prepared to have a long conversation about, you know, whether or not to pick Teddy uh, or whether to sort of look for value. Um, and the fact that there were three very viable options in Turbo, Pappenhausen and Teddy mm-hmm. made that a kind of interesting discussion. Like I yep. was, you know, could have, could have seen people wanting to pick Turbo and Pappenhausen and leave out Teddy in that world. Yep. Now without Turbo, I just don't think there's that many really good value options out there that can make me justify leaving out Teddy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I agree with you. Teddy has to be in your team and... Um, if if we look at um, if we look at the strength of schedule, and I'm going off NRL Supercoach stats, where he's actually looking at um, Supercoach points uh, scored and Supercoach points allowed um, 
to measure strength of schedule. So, so it's totally tied in with actual Supercoach scoring. The Roosters probably have the best run of any team up to the first buy, excluding maybe the Panthers and maybe Newcastle. But they have they have clearly have like a top three run in terms of super coach point scoring potential. Um, so yeah, look at that. I think Teddy's a must have. Yeah, okay, that's interesting because when you look at his draw, just looking at it from a football perspective, it looks okay. Without exactly. Him. Yeah. But but that's really interesting that like from a super coach perspective, it's it's actually really good. Yeah. Um, and we talked about this last year, like the fact. The fact that you can captain him actually means that, like, let's say that he's, again, going to be the best player this year, mm-hmm. and you can put the, let's say you just put the captain on him every week and leave it on him, mm-hmm. and let's say, again, that he scores, say, 10 points more than the next best captaincy option. Yep. He's actually, that because you're getting that that double score, he's yeah. priced at a single score. Yep. Right? Yep. So you're getting that 10 points twice. Yep. Which actually means he's ten points undervalued if he keeps up his average from last year. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if he doesn't and he comes back to the field a bit, that kind of whittles away. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the extent that you think he's going to be sort of far and away the best player again, um, you know, he is he's actually still undervalued if you're going to put the captain captaincy off on him more often than not. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the other thing about Teddy, just you know, to to really ram this home. The rules really suit him, right? Like yeah. he's he's he actually didn't have that good a year in terms of attacking stats, or at least like he had quite he had very good try assist stats, but in terms of tries scored, it wasn't actually that good a year for him. Mm-hmm. Some of his stats, um, his attacking stats were down, mm-hmm. but but his involvement stats were up, up across the board. Yeah, and. You know, like he was one of the players that's so fit he could just take advantage of that. So we, we talked a bit about about this last year, the fact that like he'll be sniffing up in the middle of the rock, right, for the first three or four tackles. Mm. And then on the fourth tackle, he'll be out on the sweep play. Yeah. He manages to actually keep up with that. Whereas a lot of the other fullbacks sort of have to pick and choose. They're either like, you know, they're sniffing up the middle, but they miss out on the sweep play. Yeah. He manages to be there for both of them. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and that the we've got more rule changes this year because the um they're adding the the six again to the ten meter rule. Mm-hmm. So you'd think that the ball would be in play even more. Yeah. And so you know, it's just hard not to think that his involvement is going to be you know up again. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So with that in mind, Teddy is locked in to one fullback spot. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said, if Pappenhausen gets the kicking, he's a pretty good option for that for that second spot. $629,000 without kicking, and you'd expect a sort of 8 to 10 point bump if he does get that. Um, there's no one else sort of in that premium or semi-premium uh, fullback price point who you can guarantee that kind of uptick in points. So people are talking about like, you know, AJ Brimson, Titans, a better team. They'll do, you know, his, his stats should go up. He's a great super coach player. Yeah, but if you've got guaranteed eight or 10 point increase, you know, like Puppy potentially does have, you take that every day of the week. 
you just you just go with the information that you know rather than trying to sort of you know read the tea leaves i think so and like the titans actually have a really good draw so i yeah. can see why people might be attracted to ag brimson mm-hmm. um but he went on a bit of a run last year and it actually coincided from memory with the titans having a pretty good draw yeah as well so like I just feel like he's probably more or less fully priced, AJ Brimson. Mm-hmm. I don't see him doing better than he did in that run. And he's also coming off an injury. Yep. So I'll, I'll be watching him pretty closely in, in this week's trials because he has been named mm-hmm. to see how kind of fast and fit he looks. Yep. So he's, he's, he's on my radar if, if Pappenhausen doesn't get the kicking. But yep. uh, yeah, Pappenhausen. And like, and Pappenhausen as well. So I said a few times last year he's a bit of a flat track bully yeah. in the sense that he he seemed to score really well against the poor teams and and not that well against the good teams and we saw that at the beginning of the year he had a, they had a pretty tough draw and he scored pretty poorly mm-hmm. um and what was happening was that against the bad teams he was just basically making line breaks running straight through the line mm-hmm. and against the good teams he was kind of poking his nose through but just getting caught and not quite making the line break yeah but but what happened towards the end of the year is he found his pass yeah so we really opened up like a whole bunch of extra scoring opportunities because he was he was getting a lot of try assists towards the end of the year. I think yeah, he had particularly like, to add a car. Yeah. So he had like one try assist for the first half of the year and in the back half of the year he had like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um I just made that up. I don't know if any of that's right, but it was something like that. Yeah. Um But yeah, so I think he's he's sort of grown into that super coach role as well, and he averaged like I think around Again, I'm making this up, but this is all from memory. So I think he averaged like over 80 in the back half of the season. Yep. Um, so that suggests, um, you know, that he's improving. Mm-hmm. They do have a very tough draw, the Storm, early on, though. The first three games. Uh, quite hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they start with the Bunnies. Then they've got... Para and, and then Penrith. Yeah, Bunnies, Para, Penrith. Yeah. Um, who were all pretty good defensively last year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the Bunnies actually weren't that good defensively. They were a good team, yep. but they weren't that good defensively. Yep. But Parra and Penrith certainly were. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit tough. But after that, it really it does open up. Yep. He's got the Broncos, um, Broncos and the Bulldogs in two games after that. And a tough one against the, the Roosters and then Warriors and Sharks both at home. He Did he play Origin last year? I can't remember. He did not, no. Okay, right. Um, and they do play round 13. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's definitely a chance that he gets picked on the bench, though. Mm. Yep. In that 14 role. Yep. I'd almost be surprised if he isn't, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to have Teddy and, and Pappenhausen back there, and, and for good reason. I think that's probably the right choice. Yep. So, uh, and... and... I want, I, sorry, I want that to lead into the main thing that's that's sort of driving my team building, which is this hooker five eighth fullback positions and how they combine with particular pl- dual position players. Okay. So if Pappenhausen uh, doesn't get the kicking, and we assume uh, Cam Munster gets the kicking then I think Munster's definitely going to be my team. Um, 
and yep. then that that will affect well who who do I pick in that second in that second fullback position. I might actually go cheap there. I'm I'm going to mention a guy who I think is probably a really risky play, but if if it works, I think it'll work really well, and that's Tex Hoy. Um, he's about two hundred forty thousand dollars. I want Tex Hoy in my team um, because I'm convinced that Ponga is going to take a little bit longer to come back than maybe the first couple of rounds. And I think if if Hoy gets five or six games at fullback um, with the draw they've got, so Dogs, Warriors, Tigers, Dragons, Gold Coast, Sharks for the first six games, like that's a dream run. Um, if he gets that fullback position, he's going to absolutely fire through those five or six games. And I want, uh, I, I want a piece of that. So... I'm just going to stop you there. Yeah. I, I disagree disagree pretty hard on this one. So so firstly, like, so I think the word is at the moment for Ponga sort of four to six weeks. Yep. So I don't know, you know, you might have feelings in your bones that it's going to be six rather than four, but... Um, I, I just think they're also going to, like, take their time with him because because yeah. I think the Knights... Can, can, I, hey, can, I, can I curse a team like I did the North Queensland Cowboys last year. Please, go ahead. The Newcastle Knights are going to win the Premiership this year. Oh, my God. It's it's going to be a... Just any long listeners we've, we we may or may have had have just turned off. Not Knights Bunny's grand final. That's my call. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Anyway, back to Tex Hoy. Yeah. I just think it's really risky. Like, if, he gets, if you only get, say, four games, mm-hmm. um, it's... Even though they've got a good draw, it's you're only going to get a couple of price rises. Then you're going to be stuck with a guy that's like 280k, yeah, maybe 300k back there. That's not really going to kind of give you that lift up to one of the gun fullbacks. Yeah, um, I do, and I actually yeah. just don't think he's that good a player. So even though they do have a good draw, I don't see a lot of points in them early on mm-hmm. without Ponga there. And I just I'm just not that sure that he's actually going to score that well anyway. Mm-hmm. I can see him averaging 50. Um, yeah, okay. But that's not going to be huge, huge value if he's only so you're going to get two or three price sizes. What do you reckon happens? What uh, What do you reckon Mitch Pierce does in those first few weeks, being sort of pretty much the only playmaker in the team? Oh, I don't know. Jeez, he was shocking last year. Yeah. He had like by far his worst year, both in well, I'm not sure about Supercoach, but definitely in NRL generally. Yeah. Um. When he has a good year, though, he's 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 a worthwhile supercoach player. He has had some good years, yeah. He has had some like kind of runs and strings where he's been very good. So mm-hmm. one one to keep an eye on, but geez, you'd have to have massive balls to pick him up. Anyway, so let's go back to this strategy. Yeah. Side. So anyway, text-wise side. So the the two players that are sort of guiding what's going going on here are Connor Watson, who we've already spoken about. And Lachlan Lamb at the Roosters, who you and I both think is going to get that halfback spot, right? As far as I can see, he's locked into the halfback spot. Right. Okay. And uh, in Supercoach, they're both 5'8 hooker uh, dual position players. So put one in 5'8, put one in hooker, lock them away. I actually think they're both going to be playable. Um, there has been some chat that Lamb actually might get the kicking as well. Is that right? Uh, everything I've heard says that the Takia Aho is going to be the, the main kicker. Who yeah. kicks when he's off the field? I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure that Lamb has ever actually really kicked 
but yeah. I, I actually don't know. I could be yeah. wrong on that. Yeah, and, and also like Lamb was the player that that got that halfback position when Flanagan was dropped halfway through last year um, for a couple of games before. I, th- I think Lamb got injured from memory or something like that. Um, yeah, but, he did. Yeah. But yeah, but he he was sort of first cab off the rank when Flano was dropped. So you'd think if the Roosters were happy to let Flano walk, then you know it's because they were like, okay, well we've got this guy. Yeah, they got uh, Sam Walker and a couple and Drew Hutchison, Adam Keir, and but yeah, I think I think Lamb's the guy. Most people think that uh, the young kid Walker is kind of the who who they're banking on for the future. And okay. I think that Lamb is a bit of a placeholder. Right. But th- what I'm hearing is that, that Walker's not really ready for first grade physically yet, mm-hmm. and uh, and Lamb really is. And he showed that. He played hooker for a couple of games last year and, and defended really well yep. in that hooker spot and like, made 40 tackles and didn't miss many. Yeah. Um, and I think like the Roosters' defense towards the end of last year was really sort of uncharacteristic and really bad and let them down mm-hmm. like, towards the end of the year and in the finals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether this is fair or not, I think a lot of people are blaming that potentially on Flano. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think that, that Robbo just wants, you know, a half that's, that's going to make his tackles, you know, kick to the corners when when Kiri's out of the play. Mm-hmm. And that'll be enough for him to hold his spot. So I'm not actually worried about him losing his spot to yep. Walker. Yep. Some people are. Some people think it's he's just sort of warming it. And after five, four or five weeks, Walker could take the spot. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. But, mm-hmm. Don't have a crystal ball. I actually think Lamb is like massively going under the radar. He seems to be one of those players that that has like pretty good base. He makes a lot of tackles. Yeah. He's not like one of these halves that makes eight tackles and misses four. He makes like twenty five tackles. Yep. Um. So you know if he's gonna if his base is gonna be thirty. Um. You know, kicking aside, I don't know if he's gonna get the kicking, but kicking all you have to do. I think he's gonna be playable. Teddy likes running to the right. Um, and I assume he's going to stay on the he's going to stay on the right like Flanner was last year. Um, yeah, do you know the Roosters last year scored the second most or, or something something like it must have been per game because it was a shortened season, but mm-hmm. it was statistically the second best attacking side in the last decade. Really? Yeah. Uh, you mean like real real points or super coach points? Real points. Okay. So like, I feel like in that Roosters team, all you need to do is like back up the middle, and you're going to score a bunch of tries. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be points in his future. Yep. Whether or not he's playable week to week, I'm not sure, but I certainly think he's going to make some money. And he, he's got quite low ownership, which I can't quite understand. I guess there's there's quite a few cheaper options, mm-hmm. you know, both Hooker and 5 8. So, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned Tex Hoy, you've got Matty Moylan, mm-hmm. uh, Jacob Little. Why would you do that to yourself? Matty Moylan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can sort of see, like, if you can string half a dozen games together. You know, with SJ out, maybe he gets some attacking stats. But God, he was mm. woeful last year, and he's just such a injury liability. Yeah. But anyway, so there are some cheaper options out there. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what's keeping Lamb's ownership. Yeah. So back to it. So we got Watson and Lamb taking up two spots in that hooker five eighth uh, thing. Yep. We've got maybe a you know, let's say Tex Hoy or, or someone like that in five eighth or fullback. Um, and then one of either Munster or Pappenhausen in 5-8 or fullback, depending on who kicks. Mm-hmm. And then we've got one more hooker position to speak about. And, you know, at the moment I've got Jacob Little in there. Um, we were talking yesterday about 
potentially, you know, Harry Grant or someone like that. And I think I probably will end up with a gun there just because it seems that, that, that I'm finding it really hard to find positions to put guns in. And like you said uh, to me um, yesterday, Harry Grant only averaged, what was it, 71 minutes or something like that? So uh, it was actually 74. Oh, 74 yeah. minutes. So, you know, in a better team, even if Brandon Smith does take a little bit of time off him, which you're not expecting, and I, I don't think I'm expecting it, I'm just we're sort of wary of it, um, he should at the very least remain a keeper. If he, even if he doesn't make much money, he'll sort of be be up to be in the top three um, hookers in the game, which saves us a trade. Yeah, whereas so little won't be like little's just not not that kind of player. So even if he does make you one hundred fifty or two hundred thousand dollars, you're still going to have to waste a trade to trade him to someone else. Yeah, that's right. So I'm worried about little in the fact that apparently Simkin is quite. A, I don't know if it's Simkin or Simkins. I'm Simkins, getting those two. Yeah, Simkins mixed up a lot but um there's there's quite big raps on that on that kid mm-hmm. um and and so it looks like they're going to share the role now if they share it kind of little gets 60 minutes and Sim- simkin gets 20 simkins gets 20 mm-hmm. then maybe that's sort of just okay he'll make enough he'll make a bit of money but if it if it's sort of 50 30 or 45 35 mm-hmm. then it gets into territory where it's not going to be very good at all um so I think there's a serious risk on that. Like he, I think Little needs at least sixty minutes to be worthwhile, and there's definite risk that he's not he's not going to get get that many minutes. If Simpkins gets named um, to, to be the starter with Little on the bench, do you do you get the, is Simpkins a must have? Well, I hate the term must have, but yeah, I'll probably get him if that's the case. But I don't think that will happen. But yeah, forty minutes a hooker though. You you know that's. That can often be sort of a twenty-point score. You just you just it can be tackle can twenty be. guys but, and just pass the ball. Yeah, but at absolute base price, yeah, you probably do it. Yeah, yeah, but only if he starts. Um, so back to Grant. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, I'm I've, I'm running Harry Grant. Um, mm-hmm. seems like a lot of people are put picking Cook over Grant, which I don't really understand. Like, I think I think the worry with Grant is that. Um, we're not sure about what his role will look like and the minutes will look like, which I suppose is true, but I just don't see why his role would be any different to what Cam Smith was last year. Like, I just think he's too good to sit on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, in Origin, they were playing... Um, Queensland were playing Harry Grant and Jake Friend on the field at the same time just because Grant was playing so well he couldn't bench him. Right. Yeah. Like, I just can't see you're going to leave that sort of quality on the bench for any more than five or ten minutes a game. Yep. Um, and I just think he's got so much upside in that in a better team. Mm-hmm. Got so many scoring options. His base is good. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas Cook, you know, I just think you know what you're going to get with Cook. Like, we've seen his his average has sort of plateaued over the last three years. Yep. He's, I think he's more or less just priced at what he is. Grant, to me, has a lot of upside. Like yeah. I, I'm picking Grant to average close to eighty. Yep. Um, and what's he priced at? Like seventy-one. Yeah, something like that. I think he's priced about seventy-one. So he's got, you know, he, I think he's got that potential ten points in him, and then he becomes an out-and-out gun and a, you know, a captaincy option. Yep. yep. So yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards Grant. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, so then that's kind of it, and that's that's hooker five eighth fullback for me. 
and then so you're so you're picking two cheap uh five eights uh Is that what you're gonna do most likely i'll end up with two cheap five eights if pappenhausen's kicking that's correct yeah okay so in because, the because world... I'm, com- I'm confident with having connor watson as a starter yeah yeah and that's totally fair i like connor watson yeah. um and then i can you have some options there i think i'm going to start with dylan brown okay um there's a few reasons so he's he's just got that really good um super coach game for accumulating points he does yeah he's um i've got some stats here so his base last year was 37 mm-hmm. his base plus power so it went you know plus offloads and um and tackle busts was yep. 45 yep that's solid yeah 45 yeah right so that's that's basically you'd be expecting that he's going to give you almost like you know forty more or less forty forty five every game, mm-hmm. um, and that's so good for a half that's going to have some attacking stats as well. On top of that, Para have a really good first five rounds. Yep. So they play the Broncos first. Um, that's away, and then they're actually supposed to have four games in a row at Bank West. Um, the Tigers changed one of those games to uh, whatever it is, Homebush. Mm-hmm. They've still got three out of the next four at Bank West, and there's there's a Melbourne game in there, but the other three against the Tigers, the Dragons, and the Sharks, I yep. think. So four out of the five games are against teams that could all be bottom four, really. You, um, you, just, sorry, go on. Well, yeah, I mean that that's mostly it. The other thing is he's only twenty. Yeah, like he's. Yeah, he's. I think he's just on the up and up. Like I think people forget how young he is, and I think, like that's why I think he's got upside. I think he's he's he could just get better and better. I mean, the only problem is he could get less selfish, which would be bad for his super coach coach game. Mm-hmm. Mm. So okay, so my only concerns with him is the supporting cast. So, are you worried that whoever gets that left center position is going to be a downgrade over Michael Jennings? Yeah, but, well, I, I don't necessarily think that affects Brown. I mean, Brown was barely passing last year. He was just running and t- tackle-busting and line-breaking. and um, So there wasn't actually a huge amount of like try assists and whatnot in his game anyway, but mm-hmm. he's still got Lane there and he's still got Sevo outside him. I think there'll just be more cutouts to Sevo. There was chat about Lane moving to the middle for part of the game as well. Yeah, see that? that's interesting. Yeah, I can't really see it myself, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I just think Dylan Brown's a really interesting option. He's a pod. He's only, um, what, 3.5% ownership at the moment. Just everyone's on Munster. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we talked about the Storm's draw. The, Stor- the Storm's early draw is, like, pretty tough. Mm-hmm. So I just think it could be a good zag away from Munster. Yep. Of course, if Munster gets the goal kicking, yep. it's going to be really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not big monster. All right, cool. Okay, so that's five eight fullback and hooker basically. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone else that you would consider at five eight or or hooker? No, that's, that's not right. even a little bit. No, not a lot of people bit. like talking about Appy at hooker. No. Really. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it either. I think I, he's like totally max priced. Yeah, and I think was quite 
lucky last year with his health. Um, and I'd just be worried about injuries this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, the only other guy I want to talk about, so I don't, I'm not interested in any other sort of high-priced hookers, but there's, a, there's one sort of mid-range guy in at 5'8 that I'm a tiny bit interested in. Mm-hmm. That's Jack Whiten. Why? You think he'd learn to pass? No, well, I'm not sure that he's learned to pass, but he is just improving every year. Yeah. Like, I think he's just getting better and better. He's he's a really dangerous runner. Um, They've got a really good draw to start the season. They play the Tigers first up. The, the Raiders historically just thrashed the Tigers. So he could punch out 100 in, in game one. That's always nice to get a good start. Um, And then... Like, they've got a good th- first three or four games. And as we said, the, the Storm have a bad first three or four games. So maybe you could you could trade um, White into Munster in, like, round five. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, even cash. Mm-hmm. And just try and zag that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a fancy 2020 trade, really. But yep. uh, I just, yeah. So we averaged, you know, you averaged 58 last year. I did not know that. So that's not that bad, right? Yeah, he's, he's sort of on the improve. Yeah. So if he gets up to sort of low sixties and he can front end that because mm-hmm. of their good draw, mm-hmm. you know, he could average sixty five for the first sort of half dozen games, and yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Good. Uh, All right. Um. So we'll we'll wrap it up there. Yep. It's been great to chat, Supercoach, with you. I've missed it. Yeah, me too. Me too. We'll uh we'll get on to it again in the next you know next little bit um yeah like i said i might not be on the next episode but i'll I'll pop in at some point and yeah take from there all right right. take care yeah bye